The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. <laughs> and first pitch, crushing! Deep left field! This is Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. All right, keep your head up, everybody, and let's have some fun. Welcome into another live mock draft edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. I am Frank Stample, joined by Scott White. And Chris Towers, today we have a 12-team 5x5 Roto Mock Draft with the usual Roto-style lineup. Two catchers, one of each infield position, one corner infielder, one middle infielder, five outfielders, one utility bat, and nine pitcher spots. I have the third pick, Scott has the eighth pick, and Chris has the 12th overall pick. And before we get started, just a heads up on the podcast side of things that this draft will be broken down into a uh, two-part podcast. So if you listen to Hour 1, keep an eye out for Hour 2 in your podcast feeds. How are we doing, Scott? Are you ready to draft? You are muted, sir. So if you are trying to talk to me, it is not working. You told me to mute before we started. Sounds like Scott is not ready. (laughs) Yeah, clearly I'm not. Clearly I'm not. Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's get in the right frame of mind to do a fantasy baseball draft despite today's disappointing news. That's and right. We can still have a lot of fun with this. So I'm looking forward to starting. All right, let's do it. Yeah, everyone, keep your head up. We're still going to have some fun regardless of what's going on in baseball right now. We've got to stay ready for whenever the league is, is ready to start up and end this lockout. And as a result, we'll keep the content coming. We'll have some fun. And uh, let's do a little mock draft. Let's have some fun. Again, this is a 12-team Roto mock. I have the third overall pick. And first overall, no surprise in this format, Fernando Tatis Jr., and let's see who goes second overall. My buddy Dave Mendelson is up on the clock. Let's see who he has. I did want to ask you guys. What's up? Because I, you know, hi, Chris Towers here. What's up, man? Um, <laughs> I did a draft today. I think it's my first completed draft that I'm playing out this year, actually. And it was the Towers 12-team mixed roto with OBP innings oh, wow. pitched instead of wins and saves and holds instead of saves. I didn't. I didn't and, know. I didn't know Tout Wars was already starting up. Yes, uh, today. Yeah. And I took Fernando Tatis with the number one overall pick in an OBP Roto League. Do you think that was the right choice? Uh well, the other players you would consider are Trey Turner, and it's not like he has some kind of crazy walk rate. I guess the batting average will be higher, so in turn the OBP will be higher. Uh, Jose Ramirez, kind of similar situation. No, I don't. I don't think it's crazy. I, I mean, I guess Juan Soto is more so in the conversation because it's OBP. But if you want to get some steals with your with your first pick, I have no problem still taking Tatis. 
Yeah, I think it comes. I think it comes down to Soto versus Tatis in that format. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I have questions about how much power production Soto is going to uh, provide relative to the, the average first rounder. Certainly, relative to somebody like Tatis. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't overthink it because of the OBP thing in general. Replacing OBP with batting average in a roto league, which is not what we're doing in this mock, by the way. I, I think. I think there's a danger in in overestimating that. Yeah, I agree. No, I, yeah. I mean, I think obviously we boost Juan Soto and OBP and his walk rate is going to be absolutely ridiculous. We saw that especially in the second half last year, but it's always been the case for him. Let's catch people up and keep this draft moving here. First overall, Fernando Tatis. Second overall, uh, Trey Turner. And then I took Jose Ramirez. So I know, I believe you gentlemen have Vlad over Jose Ramirez, but... I want to get third base out of the way. I want to get some speed with my first pick. I go with Jose Ramirez. We see Juan Soto go fourth overall. Then Vlad Guerrero goes off the board. And Garrett Cole, our first starting pitcher, goes sixth overall. And then just after that, Mike Trout goes. And Scotty, you are up. What are we doing? Oh, boy. Well, I wanted to pick eighth here because that's where I'm picking in Tout Wars next week. So it gives me a chance to kind of game plan for Uh-oh. that, even though this is a 12-teamer. Mm, it must be nice. League is a 15 Yeah, able to choose where you're drafting. It is, isn't it? It is nice. So <laughs> Bo Bichette is still here, and, and that's that's the um, the chalk pick. There's Shohei Otani, who hit you know almost twice as many home runs as Bo Bichette last year. I don't expect... Bo Bichette is going to be available for me at 8th overall in Tout Wars. So I'm going to play this with Otani, who I, I do think I actually have ranked higher too. Uh, and we'll see how it goes filling that utility spot right away and um, just how the overall team build goes with Otani because I don't think I've had a chance to experiment with that yet. Alrighty, Otani 8th overall, and then Bryce Harper goes the pick after. Scott, I do just want to follow up quickly on that. So you have 8th overall pick in... Tout Wars, which is a 15-team league, right? right? Right. Do you worry more about filling your utility spot early just because there's so many more players drafted, there's so many lineup spots to fill in a 15-team league where, you know, obviously taking a non-position player is, you know, it's it's a little different than anything we've ever done before, in, in the first round at least. No, I don't, I don't really think it's a big problem. Last year, there were so many DH-only types, um, Alvarez was, Stanton was, J.D. Martinez was, in addition to Otani and a couple others. Uh, this year, there's really only three, right? Otani, Cruz, and Fran Mil Reyes. Yep. Um, so, and Otani's by far the best of them. I think the deeper the league, the easier it is to do that because you know you're you're less likely going to stumble into this miraculous value at a position you've already filled. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I'm not, I'm not so worried about that with Otani this year. Uh, although I will note that in TGFBI, another 15 team roto league, I took Vladimir Guerrero in round one, and then Freddie Freeman lasted to me in round two. So I started with two first basemen, and if I didn't have a DH spot available, you know, I might not have been so willing to do that. Indeed. All right. Well, after you took Shohei Otani, we see Bryce Harper go. Bo Bichette goes 10th overall. Ronald Acuna finally goes off the board. Chris, you select Mookie Betts with one of your picks, and you're on the clock with the first pick of the second round. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I've got Freddie Freeman as my top-ranked player, but Kyle Tucker is my number two player, so it's 
you know, not really a big difference there. It's my 12 and 13 overall. So all, all 11 of my top 11 players have been taken. And I'm thinking I'm going to try the outfield double tap to start with Tucker and Betts because I haven't done that one yet. It's weird. I have Betts ranked pretty high, and I actually haven't really drafted him much yet so far. So going to go with Betts and Tucker here, and uh, let's see how that goes. All right. Yeah, we have five outfielder spots to fill in a Roto-style format. So uh, obviously, you don't want to... You don't have to worry about filling those outfield spots up too quickly, but I wonder if it's something that will uh, play its way into your draft strategy later on in the draft. So we'll we'll wait and find out there. RJ White goes with the Brave stack. Ronald Acuna with his first pick. Freddie Freeman goes 14th overall with his second round pick. And then we see our second starting pitcher off the board. Corbin Burns goes 15th overall to Micah Henry, our buddy, friend of the podcast. We had him on earlier in the offseason. And one more pick until Scotty is back up. Uh, yeah, I, so I want to bring up the Acuna thing, 11th overall. Yep. Now that the season is delayed at least a week, we don't know how much longer it could be, but at least a week, is Acuna just like an automatic first rounder now for you guys? Are, are you not, if, if you're picking at the end of round one, are you not letting Acuna get by you? I have a feeling I, that Chris probably wasn't going to let him get by him anyway in the first round. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I need a little bit more time to be delayed. Not that I want that to happen, obviously, but I think as we get further into April, Scott, if we start to lose more games and you know we move closer to May, then yeah, I, I think we're talking about Acuna as like a bona fide first round pick again. And depending on how much time we lose, I mean, we could be talking about him as a top five pick again. So, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously depends how much time we lose, but I still go back, like the last we heard of a timetable for him was May, and that was coming directly from him, who would be the most optimistic person of anyone. And that's, you know, that's still, that still leaves a lot of potential for things to go wrong. And I just, I just hate to end up blowing my first round pick like that. I still don't think I'm there. Uh, but, you know, if we start canceling multiple weeks of the season, then I, then I could get there pretty quickly. I ended up taking Rafael Devers with my second pick, 17th overall. Went out of it, it was it was more the chalk pick than what my own rankings suggest, but I, I may need to amend my own rankings if that's the case, because you know, just it's nice it's nice to not have to overpay for some security at third base. Uh, particularly since I got some stolen bases in the first round. I was looking at Luis Robert there in round two as well. But I decided to go ahead with Devers and not have to stress over the Austin Riley, Nolan Arenado, Alex Bregman situation later on. All right, so let's see what else happened here. After Corbin Burns went, Jacob DeGrom went 16th overall. Then, Scott, you selected Rafael Devers, as you mentioned. Max Scherzer, Luis Robert, Starling Marte, and Ozzie Albies go off the board. And I find myself in a bit of a pickle here because I've got Jose Ramirez already. My top-ranked player, for those watching on YouTube, you see it right here. Manny Machado is my top-ranked hitter. And I, I don't want to double-tap third base as much as, you know, I love Manny Machado, the player. So I'm just going to go with a pitcher. I'm going to take my highest-ranked pitcher, and that is Zach Wheeler. Get myself an ace, and we'll see what hitter makes it back to me here in the third round. I did want to bring up Brad Johnson's pick of Starling Marte because I believe he selected Vlad Guerrero in the first round. Yeah, he did. So if you're somebody who worries about getting speed with your first round pick in a Roto League, I think that this is a pretty good way to start a team 
that has Vladimir Guerrero. So obviously you take him first, first round, and then in the second round you get Starling Marte. I don't think anyone's really expecting the what, 45, 40, you know, 47 steals that he had last year, but if he hits for a good batting average like he always does, scores a bunch of runs, and steals, you know, 30 to 35 bases, then he's worth a second round pick. And he's a really good player to pair with Vladimir Guerrero. So uh, I do like that that pairing in the first two rounds. Uh, all right. Yeah, Marte's someone who like there feel it feels like there's a wide range of potential places he can get drafted because sometimes you'll see him in that second round range and then I want to say he went like 40th in my TGFBI today or something like that. So Your TGFBI is going very differently from mine if that's the case because stolen I, I, bases are being inflated out of it's out of control, Chris. It's out of control. I mean, let me make sure, but I think that was the case. It's entirely possible I'm just lying. <laughs> I suppose I should probably volunteer my um, 31. Okay. My take on Starling Marte and, and Whit Merrifield falls into this category too. Like I sure I am so invested in not shortchanging the power categories this year that I just can't do it. I just can't take a guy who's not even going to give me 20 home runs in with an early round pick there, much less, you know, 25 or 30 home runs uh, because like it, it's, it's really tough to keep up in that category. It doesn't take much to have a middle of the league finish in stolen bases. It takes a lot uh, in in home and to do so in home runs. And, and plus, you need you know runs and RBI are directly tied to home runs in a way that stolen bases aren't. So shortchanging the home run category is a quick path to like sinking your team's entire offense. So I'm just I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen this year. That's my number one priority in roto leagues. Yep, Scotty has mentioned he is part of the zero SB strategy this year. My rebuttal to the rebuttal would be that finding players who can provide both batting average and steals together is pretty rare, and I think that you could find some a decent amount of power in the middle parts of your draft, but if, if you want to you know, just load up on those four categories and, and try and get as much of it as you possibly can, then I, I see both sides. But uh, me personally, yeah. I, I'm still going to try and build for as much balance as I can. Uh, and hopefully find some power in those middle rounds. Let's see, after I selected Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff, and Manny Machado to finish out round two, and starting up round three, Cedric Mullins, Yordan Alvarez went one pick before. I actually would have selected Yordan Alvarez, and after that happened, I figured I'd try something different. So I selected Walker Bueller, two starting pitchers, my first three picks. Not something that I normally do, but this is the part of doing mock drafts, right? Trying out new strategies. And uh, so I want to see how this team turns out overall. So I've got Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler, and Jose Ramirez for my first three picks. The King, Scott Engel, selects Marcus Simeon, 28th overall. Shout out to the King. Uh, then we see Salvador Perez. Ooh, Ooh. Brad Johnson. <laughs> no, Salvador what Perez. What are you doing to me? <laughs> no Salvi for Scott in this draft. No. Uh, but after Salvador Perez goes, we see Matt Olson, Aaron Judge. And that brings us to you, Scott. What do we got? I think we got Shane Bieber. Seems like a pretty good value at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, that's that's by far my highest-ranked player. My Four of my top five players are all starting pitchers, and Shane Bieber is my favorite of them. So, yeah, it's it's normal to see him go at the 2-3 turn, so I'll take him in the back half of round three here. Uh, my top-ranked hitter among those pitchers, by the way, was Austin Riley, but that's, you know, that's that's the advantage of taking Devers early on is you don't have to, you don't have to stretch yourself at third base like that. Alrighty, yeah. So you've got Shohei Otani, you've got Rafael Devers, and now Shane Bieber. Two hitters and a 
pitcher, hopefully a healthy pitcher, uh, Shane Bieber coming back from that shoulder injury that he suffered last season. Uh, we are up to pick 33 overall. Our buddy Dan Schneier's on the clock. Let's see what happens there. Uh, Scott, I mean, I've got to say, look, as much as you like Salvador Perez, 29th overall, it's probably earlier than you'd like to select him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I already stretched the Salvador Perez rule in TGFBI, took him in the front half of round three. When, when my rule is anytime he's available in round four, no matter what the format, no matter what else you have going on, you take Salvador Perez in round four. Um, but DGFBI, 15-team league, it was 35th overall pick. That's about what his ADP is. So I, you know, I wanted him badly enough that I wasn't, like I knew he wouldn't be there toward the end of round four. Um, but this is different. The 12-team league, obviously. I don't know. I think the shallower league actually justifies the reach a little more than a deeper league does, right? Like if, if, if I was going to take Salvador Perez ahead of ADP early in round, you know, inside the top 30 picks, I would rather do it in a 12-team league than a 15-team league because I don't know that getting the advantage, being the standout at a position counts for as much in a deeper league where everybody's going to have some duds somewhere in their lineup, you know? I hear that what you're saying. Sense. Yeah, no, I. it's kind of tough because I feel like the people who wait on catcher, their catchers are going to be so bad. So, like, the advantage grows even more when you have Salvador Perez in a 15-team league. Yeah, what, what percentage of the total number of catchers started are going to be basically bad? It's going to be oh. 80% of started catchers in the league, right? Right. We're getting a little off topic here, obviously, talking <laughs> about a 15-team versus a 12. Sure. But yeah, anyway, we got some more picks here. Yeah, let's let's catch people up on what's going on. After you selected Shane Bieber, Robbie Ray, Josh Hader, and Julio Arias go. And then Chris, you go with uh, Whit Merrifield and Liam Hendricks. So my question was going to be, hmm, did Josh Hader go too early in this draft? And then you go ahead and select the, the second closer available. So you now have two outfielders, potentially three if you want to use Whit there, and Liam Hendricks. What's going on? Yeah, and this is, um, obviously, it's a mock draft. This is the year where closers are getting pushed up, and I'm pretty opposed to that, but I want to see what happens if you follow this route. So I think I've got a really nice base of hitters, um, probably a little light on power at this point in the draft, but it's you know three rounds in, and I should be pretty good in batting average, So uh, and batting average and stolen bases. So I'll have the the flexibility to chase some power moving forward. So I want to see what happens if I, you know, go with the, the recent trend of having, you know, an early round closer, which is not something I typically do. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, unfortunately, Chris, you won't have George Springer on your team because he just went 40th overall. Uh, I thought about it. (laughs) I thought about it. That's your guy. Uh, And right before Springer went, we see Teoscar Hernandez and Tim Anderson off the board. Scotty, you are up, and you have uh, two hitters and one pitcher. Which way are you leaning here? I am leaning pitcher, not because I really want two pitchers with my first four picks in a Roto League, but because, you know, having already filled third base, Austin Riley's still out there. Not going to take him, though, obviously. Um, I think a pitcher is clearly the best 
player left again. So I'm, I'm pairing up Sandy Alcantara mm. with, uh, with Shane Bieber. Mm. And hopefully that puts less pressure on me to draft Charlie Morton, which as we know is one of my top priorities in every draft. Mm. So right. I still hope to, but you know, if somebody, somebody sneaks in there and grabs him before I can, that's fine. Again, I'm off to a nice start here at starting pitcher. Potentially more Charlie Morton for me later on in the draft. Although I've got two pitchers, so <laughs> I probably don't need him either. Uh, after yep. you selected Sandy Alcantara, a pick that I love, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Xander Bogarts, Austin Riley, and Aaron Nola go off the board. And I am left thinking, what do I do now? I've got two pitchers. I've got Jose Ramirez. I'm on the clock. Trevor Story is my highest ranked player. I think it's pretty close with Francisco Lindor. Ooh, nobody that I truly love here. Um, let's see. What do the guys after me have so far? Mendelssohn, he has a shortstop and an outfielder. He's got a third baseman and a shortstop. All right, so I think I could get a good shortstop coming back to me, which means I need power, Scotty, and I'm taking Pete. The polar bear, Alonzo, 46th overall. I would have selected Paul Goldschmidt if he made it to me here, but he did not. So I want to rack up some power, potential 40 yeah. homer bat. And like what I saw from him in the second half last year, batting average was up. I always kind of felt like yeah. Alonzo could hit for more batting average. He had a really good batting average in the minors too. So I think there's a chance we get a 270 plus 40 to 45 home run season from Alonzo. And that oh, would yeah, be def- truly definitely. awesome. Yeah, with the way he uh, cut his strikeout rates down last year, below twenty percent. Yeah, no, honestly, I was hoping he'd make it to me in round five because I see him do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out Tim Kanek, who's picking two spots after you, said he was about to take him. So clearly, that had no chance of happening. But <laughs> take that. No, I like the pick. All right, uh, let's see if I can grab one of these short stops if they make it back to me. Although, here's what I'm concerned about. I've got Jose Ramirez. I've got Pete Alonso. Let's say I wind up with a Trevor Story or a Francisco Lindor here. Not the best batting average. And typically, I like to protect the batting average as much as I can early on in a roto draft. But admittedly, you know, Pete Alonso, one of those shortstops, and Jose, I mean, you're probably looking at a 265-ish batting average from your first three batters, which, you know, I, I, I'd probably want that to be better. So... We'll see. We'll see what these guys do. Uh, Lucas Giolito went one pick after me. Emmanuel Class A is off the board, I believe, as the third third relief yep. pitcher. Yep. Third closer off the board. All right. Ahead, ahead of, of uh, Rysel Iglesias. Which I str- I'm struggling with Class A this season because I really liked him last year, but I don't know if I like him as that elite, elite cost closer just because he's not going to be an elite strikeout guy, you know? So, or at least I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a, like, I think it'll be kind of like Jordan Hicks when he was doing really well, but with better control. And obviously that's a very good pitcher, but if you're going to take a closer in the third, third or fourth round, I just like, I struggle with the idea of it being a guy who probably can't get you a hundred plus strikeouts, you know? Like, I think Rizal Iglesias is a little fringy, yeah. and he's got a chance at 100 strikeouts. I think there's a really, really slim chance that Emmanuel Class A ever gets you that. That's a good point, yeah. I, I originally had Class A ranked ahead of Iglesias, but I wasn't expecting any of them to go in the round four or five range. 
uh, I think when you add that context to it, yeah, you need to you need to make sure there are benefit and strikeouts as well. I just want to take a closer in this range myself, but if you're going to, I, I hear what you're saying, Chris. Mm. Uh, Tim, who selected Emmanuel Class A, did defend the pick here in the chat. I like Class A more than Rysel, better stuff, and he is amazing at limiting hard contact. Which? Oh yeah, no, I think he's incredibly. I think he's got an incredibly high floor, and like he, he is. He legitimately might be like best in league at limiting hard contact with the stuff he has. He's just so hard to square up. He's he's kind of like Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara, um, among relief pitchers in that way. And that just he's got so much movement, and his pitchers are so hard that it's incredibly hard to square him up. I do think Chris that there could be more strikeouts on the way for Class A. He. Over his final 32 appearances, had a 17.7% swinging strike rate, which, if that was just his total for the year, would rank among the league leaders, uh, among relief pitchers. So I, I think that we could see more strikeouts on the way. You know, maybe he doesn't get to that super elite mark, but can he get up to 11 or 12 Ks per nine? I, I think that's doable for Emmanuel Class A this year. Uh, I'm a fan. I, I would still take Rice Iglesias over him myself. Uh, but I do like both guys quite a bit. Uh, JT Real Muto went off the board with the first pick of round five. Then Byron Buxton goes. And I'm sticking to my guns. Sticking to my word. I take Francisco Lindor as my third hitter. 51st overall. Edwin Diaz, Trevor Story, Freddie Peralta, Will Smith, the catcher. Those are the next four picks. And Scotty, you are on the clock. Thinking hard. I am thinking hard. I'm going to take Corey Seager. It was between Corey Seager and Jose Altuve for me, and I actually made the opposite choice in TGFBI when Altuve over Seager. But the difference there is I began with Vladimir Guerrero and Freddie Freeman, two surefire 300 hitters. And in this draft, I began with Shohei Otani, who might not hit 250. So I felt like the batting average boost from Corey Seager, I was willing to take on a little health risk there, I guess for the advantage in batting average he's likely to give me over Jose Altuve. Well, I will point out, Scott, his first series was going to come against the Yankees, I believe, in Yankee Stadium. I have to confirm that. So he's losing out on games in Yankee Stadium, which for a left-handed bat, those would have been great for for Corey Seager, unfortunately. Uh, After Corey Seager goes, the name you were just talking about, Jose Altuve, goes uh, next pick off the board. Micah Henry selects Rysel Iglesias, and I believe... He has both Rysel Iglesias and Josh Hader. He does. He's got two elite closers to go along with Corbin Burns, Tim Anderson, and Bo Bichette. So two shortstops, two closers, and a starting pitcher. An interesting build. Interested to see uh, how it turns out. I mean, you see it a lot. You see it a lot in these Roto Leagues, um, particularly industry leagues, a lot of expert types. They like to not not only go big on closers, but double up often at expense of their hitters and their starting pitchers. And I don't get it, but it's common enough that I can't help but second guess myself. Like, what what am I missing? You know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out for them. But for me, it's you're, you're paying for security rather than production because there are going to be later relievers that deliver similar production. Maybe not in all five categories, but certainly in the one that matters most. Yep. And I think just based on where we're at right now in the offseason, there's a lot of uncertainty re- revolving, you know, closers and, and bullpens in general. There's still a lot of, you know, 
uh, things that need to happen in the offseason. Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, where are these guys going to line up? So I think, again, people want those quote-unquote safe closers right now. Uh, and, right. of course, Rysel Iglesias fits that bill. After- there, there are 10 surefire closers right now, and one is Mark Melanson. So I, I get it. <laughs> it's just that scarcity won't be true for the entire season. It'll only be true... Like right now, even before the start of the season, you know, we'll probably have a couple more surefire closers and then more will emerge within the first couple weeks of the season. And, and, you know, I just, I just think it's stressing over something that you don't need to stress about. All right, let's catch people up. After Rysel Iglesias goes, Wander Franco goes 59th overall. Chris goes with Nick Castellanos and Jose Abreu, then Lance Lynn and Cattell Marte. Chris, you passed on Cattell Marte, man. The thing is, he doesn't go this high usually. <laughs> hey, like you, got, he, you got caught playing the ADP. People, are, he goes people 20, are listening to you. He goes 20 picks later, and it was, a, it was a spot where, based on what I have already, Whit Merrifield, going into that as my offense, Whit Merrifield, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker. So three outfield-eligible players, and the one who's not, or who's double-eligible is second base. Cattell Marte is a second base and outfield-eligible player, None of those guys figure to be standouts in power or run production. So I made a decision to chase power and run production in Nick Castellanos and Jose Abreu in packages who won't hurt me in batting average, hopefully. And, um, you know, with it it just kind of it was a numbers game, I guess, in passing on Cattell Marte and just hoping that he would be back. He would be there next time I picked. Yeah, I know that uh, Micah is a big fan of Cattell Marte. Saw him tweet out that he thinks Marte can compete for the MVP this season. Some lofty expectations. 300 batting average, 40 homers he threw out there. Uh, I think the power is, you know, probably um, unrealistic. But, man, if, you know, can he hit 25 to 30 with a 300 batting average? I think it's doable. Um, But let's see. Absolutely. After you selected Jose Abreu, we see Lance Lynn. Again, Cattell Marte goes. Nolan Arenado. Scotty selects Kevin Gosman. Randy Arozarena goes, Aroldis Chapman, and then Logan Webb. I am on deck, and uh, Scott, I'll let you talk about your pick of Kevin Gosman. You selected him over Charlie Morton. How could you do this? I think you're muted, Scotty. He is. Sorry, too much coughing. I, I did the same thing in TGFBI, went Gosman ahead of Morton, departing from my own rankings, playing to ADP, and it worked out. I got Morton two, hour, two rounds later. Uh, so I'm going to try it again. This is my third starting pitcher. Provided I do take Morton with my next pick, that'll be four starting pitchers in my first seven picks, which is not at all how I'm looking to build my Roto teams this year. But I just don't like the value of the hitters right now. I just just think this particular group has been less aggressive about drafting pitchers, and so that's that's forcing me to rethink my strategy midstream. And it's probably worth trying that in a mock. See how that ends up playing out for me. If I end up liking my hitters hitting, hitting when all said and done. Uh, Brandon Lau was the hitter I was looking at, but I already had Otani, right? Another low average, high power guy. So we'll see. If Morton ends up going before my next pick, then hopefully Lau's still there and I can take him instead. All right, I selected Eloy Jimenez, 70, 70th overall in round six, and I'm happy to do so. I didn't have an outfielder yet, so he is my first. 
Need him to stay healthy, obviously. Wrote about him in Breakouts 1.0. I think everything was trending up for Eloy Jimenez entering last season. And then, of course, he tore his pec in spring training. But, man, if he's healthy in that lineup, I think we could see him go 280-plus, uh, 30 to 35 home runs, 100-plus RBI. Uh, just really needs to stay healthy. I, I think you know that kind of potential is, uh, is in the bat of Eloy Jimenez. After I selected him, we see Alex Bregman go. Jorge Polanco, Tyler O'Neill, and Ryan Presley. So another closer goes off the board. And I have a decision to make. Charlie Morton is my top available player. I already have two starting pitchers. I could use another outfielder. Hmm. Decisions, decisions. That would be J.D. Martinez in the rankings. I could use the batting average. Brian Reynolds is there. All right, I'm talking it through. I'm I'm gonna take JD Martinez. I I think it's really close between him and Brian Reynolds. Reynolds probably helps helps the batting average more. Uh, JD Martinez I think gives you a few more home runs. So you trade off a little bit. I think JD 280 hitter, you know, 25 to 28 homers at this point in his career. But in the Red Sox lineup should have a bunch of counting stats as well. And of course, Brian Reynolds goes with the next pick overall. So I get my first two outfielders, help the batting average, help the power out a little bit. And I still have two aces. Yeah, I, I like the way this team is playing out so far. Let's uh, let's see how it continues to go. Right. Mm. Brian Reynolds went. I mentioned that. Jonathan India goes 77th overall. I want to check in on Brad Johnson's team. I, I feel like he hasn't drafted a pitcher yet. Let's see what he's got going on. He's got Salvi. He's got Vladimir Guerrero. Jonathan India. Austin Riley. Trevor Story. And Starling Marte. He's got Logan Webb as his lone starting pitcher. So... All right, loaded up on some offense. Let's see how the pitching turns out there as well. So he's the one causing this for me. <laughs> he's the one forcing me to take Well, off. me too. I only have one reliever. So we've got three teams so far. Mm. One, two, three teams so far with only one pitcher. Actually, four. And two of them only have a reliever. So mm. it's, it's an interesting start so far. Right. Now, that, that Jonathan India pick is really interesting. It's... Earlier than we typically see him, but that's that's not um, what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that second base is thinning very fast. <coughs> I don't have one yet. Uh, if India's already gone and Brandon Lau's still there, and I already have three starting pitchers, maybe this is the draft where I can live without Charlie Morton. Maybe I just need to take Lau. And uh, so, so basically, Lau and Javier Baez are the last two standouts at second base. After that, it's you're risking injury with Muncy. You're taking a big performance risk with Chisholm, right? Jess Chisholm is still there, I assume. Yep, he is. But we know I don't like him. Scotty, uh, before you make your pick, can you just back out the Anthony Rendon pick? I believe George wants Jack Flaherty. Okay. So he'll make that. Uh, I, yeah, I he assume, did get timed out there. I assume Mike will stick with his pick of Adalberto Mondesi, and then you will be back on the clock, sir. Yeah. Give me time to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go Lau. Right. And if somehow Morton is still there in round eight, I'll almost certainly take him. I have a good feeling that whoever's picking at 12 probably will not let Charlie Morton get past him, but I could be wrong. 
We'll see what happens. He doesn't have a starting pitcher yet. He just yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Kyle Schwarber goes with the very next pick. I'm sorry, Scotty. You will not wind up with Kyle Schwarber in today's draft. He's he's really. I I don't know what his recent ADP looks like, but I find that I'm not getting him as much anymore. Mm. Well, I will. Let's see. I'll pull up last two weeks ADP over on the NFBC and find out where Kyle Schwarber has been going. Javier Baez. Uh, I think that this is a pretty appropriate range for Baez to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, 82nd Look, if, overall. If, I think it makes sense. If Mike Gianella was listening and said, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with Scott and take Brandon Lau here right before he picks, I, I would have taken Baez. Because mm. that's right. like that was the last quality second baseman. IMHO. Uh last two weeks over at the NFBC, Kyle Schwarber's ADP is 117.5. I believe... That hasn't really changed. I believe when we did the outfield preview that he was around 130. So Yeah. Well, I mean, he went 81 here, so that's... Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. Well, actually, I lied. No, Fantasy Pros has him at 117. So, all right. Not much of a change there, I guess. Uh, Dan Schneier's just reading your content, Scotty. And he wants himself <laughs> some Kyle Schwarber. Makes oh, sense. that's true. That, that was... Uh... Somebody who edits my work, yes. That makes sense. I, I've apparently made a convincing case. Ooh, all right. Oh, Chris. <laughs> RJ, <laughs> I will say, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of Chris Sale this year, but for him to go 83rd overall, it, I think that's pretty good value. So I don't, I don't like him when his ADP was, you know, inside the top 60 picks, but you get him 20 to 25 picks later, and all of a sudden, he's a much better value. Uh, all right, Chris, so you double tap, you know, two of your guys here. At the 7-8 turn, you get Giancarlo Stanton and... Charlie Morton, your first starting pitcher. I think this uh, worked out pretty well for you so far. Yeah, I think Stan's a very good fit for the way my team's been built so far because I've got that you know nice bedrock of you know average runs and stolen bases with my top three picks. And the, the only problem is I've got four outfielders now. Yeah, so <laughs> that's interesting. That's filled up pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but eschewing uh, pitching early on and, and still ending up with Charlie Morton and Liam Hendricks. I think that's a pretty interesting start, uh, good base. So Scott doesn't ap- appear to agree with oh, that. Oh, I'm just cursing RJ. <laughs> my breath no, again is always doing bad things um, to me. So I think this is an interesting start for my team. All right, before we get further into round eight on the podcast side of things, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, we'll continue on with our Roto Mock Draft here, Fantasy Baseball Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so let's pick things back up. And after Charlie Morton goes, we see Carlos Correa, the pick that made Scotty curse RJ. Yeah, that was that was the last of that giant tier at shortstop. Well, so now I'm it's Willie Adamas or but oh wait, I already got Corey Seager. Yeah, uh, I was gonna what say, am I, what you am know, I doing? don't say his what name. What am I doing, Frank? There's always Schmilly Schmadamas later on, uh, Scott. Not there that, is, not yes, that that would. But I, I shouldn't be stressing out about shortstop anyway because you know i could get a middle infielder obviously but correct but yeah i got i got shortstop covered all right carlos correa goes jose barrios 87th overall scotty you are on the clock cody bellinger goes oh man so i guess 
I guess Dan is taking on that role of the uh, troll FBT team today because he's taking quite a few of the players that we like. And look, I guess it makes sense. Uh, Scott, you're up 89th overall. Who you got? Yeah, well, I still think I like the pitchers more than the hitters that are available. Um, so even though I didn't get Charlie Morton, and I'm 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 about to take my fourth starting pitcher here in Frankie Montas, mm. who I seem to be higher on than the consensus. Last 15 starts, he his swinging strike rate went way up. His his splitter usage went way up. If he can sustain that, then I think there's another level for him to reach here. And even if he doesn't, the final numbers being what they were in, in 2021 are certainly good enough for this range. So my fourth starting pitcher, I, I'm, I'm normal. Like, it's not uncommon for me to draft Frankie Montas as my second starting pitcher. Like Morton is my number one and Montas is my number two. So yeah, clearly I am uh, approaching this Roto draft a little differently than most of the ones I've done. All right, after you selected Montas, we see you, Darvish, go off the board, Christian Yelich, and Dalton Varsho. So, again, <laughs> uh, Yelich and Bellinger kind of married at the hip here. Uh, well, usually, once we see one of those guys go, the other one goes uh, not too long after that. And then Jazz Chisholm goes with the next pick. And it appears that I have missed out on <laughs> the acceptable second baseman and... As I mentioned on our position previews recap, you know, I, I keep, I, this problem keeps happening to me. I think I got to make second base more of a priority in my drafts because I don't know. Now I'm no. just going to wait and take Gene Segura or Colton Wong later on, basically. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that turns yeah. out. I could take a catcher here. I don't have one of those yet. Mm, thinking about a, there's a pitcher that I like that's Max available. Muncie is there. I don't know. Like I, to me, Max Muncie is radioactive. So, like I <laughs> just, I just think the it's less than a coins flip chance he's available for the majority of this season. Oh, I am Joe. <laughs> I just wish we knew because, like, that injury isn't necessarily a giant issue for all position players. Like you see, position players play through. Uh, UCL damage. Shohei Otani did it as a rookie when he needed Tommy John surgery. So it's 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 just an unknown. I think that's that's the real the real issue. And like again, I've said it a lot, but that's the thing that if we were having spring training right now, we would at least know a little bit you about know, that's- how he's doing right now. It wouldn't change. It wouldn't change whether he would be able to make it through the season um, or not. I think there's still risk of that, but we just, we don't quite know what it means right now, I guess is the best way to put it. It's that's a really good point. You mentioned about Otani. Cause remember after, after it was known, Otani needed Tommy John surgery to pitch again. He was done pitching. They just made him full-time DH for the rest of the year. Yeah. And DH is, we assume coming to the NL now. Uh, so, you know, if the Dodgers could just plant Max Muncie at DH, if the elbow wasn't working for him in the field and maybe he could last the whole season that way, but I'm just not confident. That's the way it's going to play out. All right. Right. No, that's, that's fair. It's, it would be one thing. It would be a lot easier if we had gotten some kind of 
update one way or the other. Like he's a month away or he's healthy right now, but we're not sure. But the problem is we haven't had an update really since like the end of November. And that was a pretty vague one. Like that was like, it's not healing as quickly as I hoped it would, but that was four months ago at this point. So we don't know where he's at. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a fair point. And, and speaking of monks, uh, Muncie, he just went 102nd overall in round nine. Let's catch people up on what has happened. I was on the clock back in round eight. I took Yasmani Grandal. Uh, he is, you know, one of those top five or six that I really would like to get a catcher this year as my first catcher. Uh, and then Jesse Winker and Justin Verlander go. And then starting round nine, we see Alec Manoa, Dylan Cease, I selected Joe Musgrove, so nice little starting pitcher run here in round nine. Mitch Hanniger, Trevor Rogers, the aforementioned Max Muncy, and then Bobby Witt goes 103rd overall. For those wondering, yep, that's about the price you're going to have to pay for the top prospects in the game. Scotty, you are on the clock, yeah, round I was nine. Look, I was looking at Witt there. Uh, obviously can't take him. This is weird. It's been a weird draft, and so I'm going to do a weird thing. I'm going to take Chris Bryant, even though I already have a third baseman. Weird. I, I don't have an outfielder yet, so I'm drafting Chris Bryant. To, to like He's my top-ranked outfielder. You wouldn't think anybody would ever draft Chris Bryant for the outfield, given the state of third base this year. But, um, but here I am doing it. So, yeah, Chris Bryant. How does that make you feel? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah that's your first outfielder scott so right yeah right loaded up on I, the I infield mean, look, it's, it's it's better to have him as my first outfielder than austin meadows so certainly <laughs> i agree with that I, I just wish somebody had left me like mitch Haniger if i was going to fill outfield spot anyway i don't know somebody's going to be hurt in the third base that that is correct <clears throat> all right so after you selected chris bryant dan schneier continues oh. Dan Schneier continues on with the Troll FBT team, selects Joey Votto, the, uh, I believe, the first of the profit pockets to be drafted so far in this draft. Then Anthony Rendon goes, Luis Castillo, which caused a groan, a yelp. Well, it was, it was Votto, Rendon, Castillo were my top three players in my oh, queue. Oh, that is brutal. So that run just killed me. Brutal. You know, this, this is actually an, the appropriate point for Votto to go, as opposed to where he actually goes 30 picks later. And naturally, it was and made by Dan Schneier. So. It's the appropriate spot for Luis Castillo to go rather than like 20 spots earlier like he usually does. Yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, that is a good point. Oh, so Castillo man. goes 107th overall. His ADP is 75. Wow. All right. So, man, he's falling quite a bit here in this draft. And Chris is panicking. He is... The, yeah, the I'm not. I'm not in a good space emotionally. Or, <laughs> oh, man, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna make me back out your picks, aren't you? Oh no. Nope. Okay. Oof. He goes, uh, he goes with down. Lourdes Gurriel. A little bit of a reach, but I like him a lot. I think he's a, another really well-rounded player. Um, so I'm okay with that one. Now I'm trying to figure out: Do I fill that utility spot? That guy's really good. I'm with you, Chris, by the way, on Lourdes Gurriel. Wrote him up in Breakouts 2.0. He was dealing with a knee injury last year, but uh, final four months of the season, the numbers were much better. And if you take his 150-game average over the course of his career, he has averaged 27 home runs per 150 games. So if he does that with his career 282 batting average, I think he's a fine pick. 
And the problem to- is that's outfielder number five. Oh man. Oh geez. All right. Well, <laughs> you can't select another one. Well, I, I guess you can for utility, but uh, all right. Yeah. yeah you've got, yeah, your- so I've got six outfield eligible players on my team right now. Mm. And, and then you select our boy, Willie Adamas. Nice pick. I like it. Yeah. Again, another one that like probably would have preferred at 20 picks later, but there's definitely no way he's coming back to that point in this league. You guys were already talking about him in the last round. So I'll take the guy and, uh, you know, we'll see. Well, that, that's, uh, that's one infield spot that's filled satisfactorily. Is that a word? Satisfactorily? In a know. satisfactory way. Let's look that up. Yes. It might as well be a word, right? Everybody knows what I mean. Satisfactorily. I think I think my three three yeah. infielders are satisfactory so far. It looks it looks like it's a word. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna give you a pass there, Scotty. I, yeah. I think that's fine. Um all right, and I've noticed, you know, Scott only has one outfielder, and then in the chat, our buddy Brad Johnson writes, oh, that's why I only have one outfielder. That's because uh, Chris has five of them so far. So, uh, hoarding the outfield well, position. Oh, yeah. Because I have Whit Merrifield, too. Yeah, Whit Merrifield, too. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, after you selected Willie Adamas, we see Reese Hoskins go. Love it. Profit pocket. Rejoice. Let's go. Uh, after he, Hoskins goes, Jared Kelnick and Shane McClanahan. Two hype guys this year, too. Uh, former top-ish prospects. No, not ish. Top prospects for sure. Uh, some breakout potential there. And Scotty, you had three seconds left. You selected your first closer, Kenley Jansen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you now have five pitchers to five hitters, right? Your first ten picks? Uh, is that right? Yeah, I guess I only have five hitters. Okay, yeah, yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Not not great. Not great. Like I'm never excited to take a closer. Uh, you know, unless it's like Dylan Floro in round 18 or something. I guarantee 20. you, there was never another sentence on a podcast said where somebody was excited to select Dylan Floro. I what, <laughs> how I want to approach closer is basically I want to be living in terror that I'm about to miss out on the last one. And then come through and take them before somebody else. Like, that's how I want it to play out at closer. Man, I Uh, played chicken at closer, Scott. At my last pick, I was debating Kenley Jansen and Will Smith. You selected Kenley. One pick later, Jordan Romano goes. And I just started sweating right now. And I was like, what? Am I actually going to get Will Smith? And I did. I pulled it off. So I am pretty excited to make that happen. Uh, My first closer of the draft. Yeah, mini closer run here. And I these, cl- look- these closers have gone way earlier than this in these fifteen team leagues. Like I can live with Kenley Jansen at one thirteen. I oh, think yeah. that's fine. But you know, he, he might have gone fifty picks earlier in uh, in some of those industry leagues. Yeah, let's see what else has happened. I mentioned the Kenley Jordan Romano picks. Austin Meadows goes here in round ten. Pablo Lopez, Ryan Mountcastle. I selected Will Smith. I get my first closer. He is my Fourth pitcher overall, I have Zach Wheeler, I have Walker Bueller, and I have Joe Musgrove as my first three starting pitchers. Then we see Jared Walsh go with pick 119. And Tim Kanick is on the clock for two picks. And I should probably figure out what I want to do next. 
I need a cap. And I'm already I'm already at this point where most of my top remaining players are outfielders. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Chris. Uh, I don't know, Chris. That's what I'm talking about. That's the risk. That you is, know, that's the risk, but uh, it's okay. You know what? And I really don't... There's a lot of outfield talent left, but as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I do think that there is a bit of a cliff. There, There's a teardrop in talent level, and it was basically... You know, around where you took Lourdes Gurriel, um, uh, Chris, then we see Jared Kelnick, Austin Meadows. I only have two outfielders, so I think I... Man, outfield and second base. I, I think I've got to do a better job on that in, in future drafts, but uh, we'll see. I think I'm going to continue to wait on outfield. There's there's nobody that, that's really screaming out to me that I should be drafting here. Um, I don't know. I don't know who I should draft in general. But I've got to figure it out because there's no time left. Tommy Edmond goes, Giovanni Gallegos, and then Dansby Swanson, and I am back on the clock. I need a second baseman. Not really anyone that I want to draft there. Jay Cronenworth, TJ LeMahieu up at the top. Meh. Uh, I can use another outfielder, but again, nobody that I really love. Starting pitcher. Some interesting names there. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to select somebody from the profit pocket, and that is Josh Bell. So he will be my corner infielder. I've already got Pete Alonzo, and I just like what he provides at this point in the draft. You know, 270 hitter, 25 to 30 homers. I, I think he'll get you know up over 90 RBI. Nationals lineup isn't great, but he's hitting behind Juan Soto, obviously, so that should help. And he was really good over the final, you know, four or five months last year. And that's more of the player I'm expecting here in 2022. Uh, so I opt to fill my corner before second base or outfield. I don't know if that was the right decision. We sat, we we shall see. Uh, after I selected Josh Bell, Tyler Malley goes off the board and Joey Gallo to Brad Johnson. How's the pitching looking, Brad? Let's check back in here. All right, he's got Logan Webb. Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers. An interesting group. Uh, upside, you need Pablo Lopez to stay healthy, of course. Uh, Joey Gallo, his second outfielder to go along with Starling Marte. He's already filled two catcher spots, four infield spots. Right? Interesting build there. And let's see. Scotty, you're back on the clock. Shane Boswent and Chris Bassett. Two more pitchers off the board. And what are you thinking? Do you have to... Get more offense here, Scotty. You muted yourself again. I think this is going to be our record performance for uh, mutes during a podcast yeah. or a live stream. Sorry, sorry. It's I've really for me because I was thinking I had blown it with that Kenley Jansen pick. Uh, I noticed there was two of the profit pocket left at first base at the time: Josh Bell, who you took, Frank, and CJ Chrome. I ignored them because I'm so used to having a first baseman already. But I don't have a third base, uh, a first baseman yet. So I will get the last of the profit pocket here, CJ Crone, as my first baseman, in the hopes that the Coors effect bolsters his numbers for a second straight season. And frankly, I, could, I think he could potentially do even better than he did last year there. And last year he hit 281 with 28 homers, 92 RBI. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we need to see a little bit more consistency. He was awesome for the final two months of the season. Before that, he was okay. You know, he was like a mid-700s to an 800 OPS bat those, those first uh, three or four months. But, man, if he can carry over some of what we saw down the stretch, then we could see 280, 30-plus homers from CJ Crone. I, I think that's possible. Uh, Nelson Cruz, 129th overall. Don't forget about the old man, the vet. Nelson Cruz. I couldn't take him. I, I might have taken him, but I couldn't. Yeah, that's right. You've got Shohei Otani. Coming home to roost. Mm. I, uh, he, he was at the top of my queue. All right. Even well, though it would dramatically limit my flexibility at this point, it would. it's just the value's too good. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, Chris, like, are you sure you want him? He doesn't play outfield anymore. <laughs> he he probably played like he's probably played an inning there in the last couple of years, right? I think he played more first base last year than he did outfield, yeah. and and that's probably for the best, honestly. Um, I, I, I think so. I've got to move Nelson Cruz up my overall ranks because honestly, if I remembered he was there, I I might have selected him over Josh Bell myself. Uh, I think it's a close call, but yeah, I, well, I like the Blake Snell pick after him too. I yeah, I had been. That that's a pick I would have made probably two rounds ago if I was sitting on two starting pitchers instead of the four I actually have. Yeah. I just I, I think the potential for him to have an ace caliber season is greater than for you know, some of the like Shane McClanahan's and and uh, Alec Manoa's that have gone uh, already. Well but but he is, you know, there there's more downside for Snell too, I would say. Scott, hold on. Did somebody say Shane McClanahan? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money talks, Scott. I, so I don't know. I, I don't know if if that's actually going to happen. Blake Snell versus Shane O'Mac. But we'll see this year. Um, Blake Snell, by the way, the ADP is 106. He lasts to pick 130 here. So much like Luis Castillo, lasting a little bit later than we're used to seeing. Uh, after Jake Cronenworth goes, Chris, you do select a util-only bat, and that is Fran Mil Reyes might actually earn outfield eligibility throughout the course of the season. And you grab Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, is he your SP2, SP3? Two. SP2, yeah. I'm going light on SP, so I'm going to have to hit it pretty hard here. But yeah, Fred Reyes just <clears throat> like Nelson Cruz. I just think the value is too good at 130th overall. That's a pretty safe bet for, I mean, really 30 five homers if he plays 130 games 140 games um a ton of rbi so yeah i think um i'm pretty well set at in in offense i might need to take one stolen base guy at some point down the stretch but otherwise i think i can pretty much focus on Pitching moving forward because I I think I've got a a pretty good base at, across the board now and you know that'll happen when three of your first or nine of your first twelve picks are hitters. All right, uh, the rest of round twelve. What else is going on after you selected Erod Wilson Contreras Zach Gallen and Chris Taylor? Guess I won't be using him at second base. Uh, Scott, you are back up and uh, you have six hitters and five pitchers to this point. Which way are you leaning now? Did he do it again? He did it again. He did it again. You know, I did the opposite. 
a little while ago where I thought I, I wasn't muted, so I hit the mute button and then coughed, and I had been muted. So I apologize for that one. You know, you could give me a more subtle cue than that. You don't have to. Anyway, uh, I'm Scott, pick you're roll. muted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Ranger Suarez. So, and now Marcelo Zuna goes. I may be playing to ADP a little too much because there are a number of hitters I like and expect to get that it's not quite time to get. And you can get burned doing that, especially if you need something as badly as I need outfielders right now. Scott, what's the uh, favorite sound drop that I have that I play? Because next time you're muted, I'll just, I'll, I'll play one of those sound drops. So that'll be, that'll <laughs> be your not key. exactly subtle either. Frank. <laughs> uh, I'll give you, Oh man, I should have played this for Josh Bell. <laughs> I'll play that next time you're muted, Scott. Yeah, okay. And nobody will know what, what's going on. So yeah. it's totally fine. Uh, all right. So you select Ranger Suarez. <laughs> you have six hitters and six pitchers through your first 12 rounds. Only one outfielder as you uh-huh. begrudgingly watched Marcelo Zuna uh, get drafted there. And then Josh Donaldson. And then Carlos Rodon. And then Justin Turner. Okay. What do I need? Another outfielder would definitely help. I need a second baseman. Uh, is it time to draft Gene Segura or Colton Wong yet? It is uh, It is not time to draft either of those guys. So I will continue my search. And the top of the outfield uh, rankings right now is not looking too hot. Uh, there was a pitcher that I saw that I like. And I think that's who I'm going to draft. It is my man, Sean Manaya. Haven't thought of a fun nickname yet for Sean Manaya, but he's the guy. Uh, he is my SP4. I like the velo jump from last year. The underlying numbers were much better for Sean Manaya. Lower that sinker usage a little bit, man. I think the secondary stuff is good. Um, and, and I think that there's a chance that we see a mid three ZRA with a strikeout per inning. And that would be awesome to get from my SP4 here in round 12. Uh, all right. DJ LeMay, who goes off the board. I will not be drafting him as my second baseman. I didn't really want him anyway. So there. Take that. Uh, Clayton Kershaw goes to finish out round 12. And that is a perfect time to, on the podcast side, we are going to end our one here on the podcast. But uh, keep your eyes and your ears open for our two of the podcast if you want to see how the rest of this draft plays out. Uh, but we're going to wrap this one up and we will catch you on part two. Bye bye.